With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this late February eve, Friday evening where I'm at, where you're at, on one of our audio platforms, perhaps. It could be a, a sunny Sunday morning somewhere. I always say that because I want the winter to be over. But uh, wherever you are, whatever day it is, and however you're listening or watching this show, I hope you are well. And I hope you are, are ready for some awesome Steelers talk because I know I am. And before I get started, I just wanted to encourage you to please check out all of our podcasts, both live, uh, such as this one, which you can catch uh, this show on YouTube and Facebook. You can catch the Steelers Hangover with me and Brian Anthony Davis on Monday Monday evenings. You can catch that on, on, on YouTube and Facebook. That's a live show. Touchdown Under Show is a live show. The Steelers Preview is a live show. The uh, the curtain call with Michael Beck and, and Jeffrey Benedict that that's 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 a live show. But you can also catch all those shows on on any any audio platform, and you can catch ex- audio exclusive shows on 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 that platform as well, such as the Retro Show, the Live Mike, Let's Ride, uh, the Stat Geek. Uh, did I miss any? I'm sure I did, but there's there's plenty of them out there, and 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 we never stop doing podcasts. We never we never stop writing. Speaking of which, please check out Behind Steel Curtain, the website where we bring you 10 articles a day or thereabout, uh, news, commentary, film breakdown. We're a few weeks away from the start of the, of the NFL's new calendar year, which means we're a few weeks away from, from free agency. We're a few weeks away from finding out once and for all if, if Big Ben is coming back. It looks like he is officially coming back. or It's, it's all but official. I'll, 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 tell you, I'll let you know how I feel about that uh, in the second half of the show. But, uh, but that, that, that was the big news of the week. If you're a Steeler fan, his, his agent came out and, 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 and basically reiterated what, what, what uh, Kevin Colbert and Art Rooney have already said, and that's they're willing to work things out. And, and it almost feels official now. And later in the show, I'll, I'll let you know if that's a good idea, or if I feel as if that's a good idea or not. So idea, when am I from Boston? Idea. Anyway, I just want to welcome everybody to, to the live chat. There's Gyro, Kathy Ford. Art Gordon, that's actually a cool sounding name. Art Gordon for president. Jacob Jackson, Jade, Jade Aston, Steelers Pittsburgh, Eric Pereira, just me. Uh, and and, and uh, Jade Aston says he loves my show. I got to put that up there. I need, I, need, I need a good ego boost tonight. So thank you. Thank you very much. Who else we have here before I get started? Mark Davison, speaking of the uh, uh, 
the touchdown under show, Nathan Rich, Snowman. Wow, there's our there's the legend, Snowman. Hickok Roberts. Wow, this is this is quite a full night tonight. I I, I feel so special. So let's see. I have a few topics as always I wanted to discuss. And the first thing, it's not really Steeler related, but it's NFL uh, related, and, and it has to do with with their uh, the league is reportedly. Actually, it's all, all but official now. They're gonna they're gonna double their rights fees with the um, with with all the major networks. I mean, that's 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 what kind of uh, audacity some might say that they have. Uh, I think each each network was paying roughly a billion dollars a year for during the uh, the previously agreed on contract, which runs through twenty twenty one. ESPN, Disney was paying one point nine billion. And, and the league uh, uh, is trying to double that. And, and, and I think I read before I came on that, that Disney has, has reportedly agreed to, uh, to like a 50% increase, like $2.9 which is still a big increase. And ABC is going to get back into the Super Bowl rotation. Maybe, maybe Monday Night Football, maybe ESPN will get some better matchups on, uh, on, on its package. We'll see. But uh, uh I just think it, it, it tells you all you need, need to know about about the state of television and and how divided the pie is right now, and probably it will get worse and worse and worse as we move forward. That the, that the end that that the the league can ask the network demand that the networks double their fees and get away with it. I mean, the NFL is probably the last televised show, event, scripted reality, whatever sporting event that can generate the kind of audience that brings millions of people together each week. There's really no other show that can do that on a, on a weekly basis, maybe every now and then, but the NFL uh, averages about in 2020, it averaged 15.4 million viewers per week. When you average all the, all the networks together. And that's, that's, it's by far the hottest ticket out there. And, and that's what a 7% decrease in, in ratings. It's still such a valuable commodity that, that, that the league is confident in, in asking networks to double their fee and, 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 and they're going to, they're, they're all going to go along with it because it's the only, it's the only uh, TV show that's, that's really worth a whole heck of a lot anymore. And that's, that's NFL football. Really? I mean, it is, I mean, it, you talk about some shows from, from recent history that were really popular shows like, like um, gosh, game of Thrones, right? A lot of my friends just gushed over that show and they, and they, they, they had to get home in time to watch it every Sunday night on HBO. And would they average like 13, 14 million? I mean, that's like, that, that's the kind of, those are the kind of ratings that would have got a show canceled back in the eighties and nineties. You know, I mean, chips used to get 25, 30 million viewers a week. And I was a big chips fan, but you know, trying to watch those shows now, it's kind of tough. It was it, it, chips didn't really hold up over time, but there were only three or there were only three major networks back then. And, and, the, and the pie was like, you know, divided up in three or four big pieces. Whereas now the pie is like, there's like little slivers, you know, and, and the NFL still has the biggest piece of the pie. So it just tells you all you need to know. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people were, were um, actively rooting for the league to, to go under with all the social justice stuff that was, has been going on the last few years, but that's just, it, it looks like it's not going to happen anytime soon. In fact, the, uh, the owners are going to get even richer because of the, uh, the new TV deals. So 
that's the first topic I want, wanted to discuss and see if I have any other, other, um, any new faces in the live chat. Nope. Same old faces, but, but I'm, Oh, there's Chad Landsman from Facebook. He's a new Facebook regular. I welcome, welcome Chad. Bry, Bry160701. My new job, I, I say a lot of numbers, so I'm used to saying lots of numbers, so I'm not intimidated by that name. Manny Silva, he says, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you what he says, but um, he tells me, well, actually, I, I, I will tell you what he says. He, you know, this is one of the drawbacks of being on Facebook is you have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, geniuses that come on, and, and he tells me I should, I should do my show sober. I am sober. It's just how I talk. But uh, Manny's a very, uh, he's a football expert. Maybe he should have his own show someday. Uh, you know, we, we should, we should sign him up, but that's, that's another, uh, that's a topic I don't want to get into, but Facebook's a, uh, not one of my favorite places and he's one of the main reasons why, but not to devote too much time to Facebook. That's not what the show's about. Um, uh, my next topic has to do with, with the draft and, I was watching a, a Steelers 49ers game from 1984 four earlier this morning for um, the retro show, one of our, our, our next retro shows. I'm, I'm going to record with Brian Anthony Davis. And during the, the broadcast, Bob Trumpy, who was the color analyst, you know, he pointed out why the Steelers had been in decline in the early 80s. And that's because year after year, starting in the mid-70s, they were drafting at the end of the first round, year after year after year. And, and the NFL is a war of attrition, right? And, and, and there's a reason why they call the NFL a league of parity and why it's set up the way it is, because they want teams that are, that are struggling to, to draft high and the teams that, that, are, that are winning to sort of have to, have to get the scraps at the end of each, each round. And that's what the Steelers had to go through for many years. They had some really great drafts in the late 60s into the, in, through 1974, but really, I mean, people talk about those drafts and how, how great they were. And they, they drafted nine future Hall of Famers. Um, ten, if you count Donnie Shell, who they signed as an undrafted free agent out of South Carolina in 1974. So they, 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 they brought in a bunch of talent over a, a half a decade. And uh, it, it led to four Super Bowls in six years and perhaps the greatest dynasty of all time. But starting in like 1975, I mean, their drafts were, were – uh, pretty pedestrian. I mean, they, they really, they, 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 they were really unable to pr produce any, any, any uh, great talent from those drafts. And, and Chuck Noll even said, according to his wife on the uh, football life episode about Chuck Noll, they were coming home from Super Bowl 14, the victory over the Rams. And according to her, he turned to her on the plane ride and said, look, these next few years are going to be pretty lean because we've been drafting poorly. We've been drafting late. And it's not, it's going to be kind of ugly. And, and, and sure enough, it was. And I think that's, you know, when you, when you look at the Steelers decade since Super Bowl 45, their appearance against the Packers, uh, I think you can see the effect of, of drafting near the end of, of, of the first round, or I'm sorry, the end of each round from like 2004 all the way up through, gosh, uh, what, 2013, right? I mean, that's when they, when they drafted Jarvis, no, 2000, yeah, 2013, when they drafted Jarvis Jones uh 18th no no i take that back pouncey was 18th in, in 2010 so they had a a mid a mid-round pick or a mid first round pick in 2010 but but other than that it was you know end of the first round year after year after year and and you know some of those drafts like the 08 draft i mean that was considered a great draft on paper they drafted 
Richard Mendenhall, Lima Swede. Remember Ryan Mundy? People were excited about him. Uh, Dennis Dixon was in that draft, right? I mean, he wasn't really, I mean, with Ben here, he was never going to be anything special here, but the people were so excited about him and, and, and how great of a value value pick he was after ha having the knee injury at Oregon. Uh, I think it was in his senior year. He was going to be a top five pick, but Pittsburgh got him in, in, in I think in the middle of the, of, of the, of, of the, I think in the fifth round, you know, and within a few years that, that draft class, none of those guys were on the team anymore. You know, and I, I think, you know, when, when, when people talk about how, you know, they were unable to build a defense for so many years. Well, it's hard to do that when you're drafting in the twenties and, and, and their, their late draft picks continued even after those Super Bowl years, because they were so good or they were good enough to, to continue to contend, even though they weren't, they weren't really a Super Bowl team anymore. Um, you know, they, they went out and they, they, they got guys like Jarvis Jones, uh, Artie Burns. And, 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 you know, it just, it just overall, it just didn't work for them. And, and in order for them to rebuild their defense, they had to go out and get former top 10 picks. Uh, they had to go out and, and, and sign a Joe Hayden. They had, they had to go out and trade for a Mickey Fitzpatrick, who was a, a top five, top 10 talent in the 2018 draft. And they never would have been able to get these guys in the draft. So they had to go out and, 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 and you know, sign them and trade for them. Uh, Devin Bush is another one. Uh, they had to trade up to get him. They, they had to trade up into the top 10 two years ago to get him. Otherwise, they would still probably be searching for their, their next inside linebacker. So, you know, I think, you know, when you, when you talk about, Pittsburgh struggles over the past decade and, and how they had the, the quote unquote most talent in the league, but they, they always underachieved. That really wasn't true. It, you know, they had, they had some exceptional uh, all pros on offense. Obviously AB Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, they had a, one heck of an offensive line. Of course they had Ben, but their defense was always mediocre or worse. And you really can't, you really can't compete with a, with a uh, incomplete team, you know? So I thought that was a pretty interesting uh, thing that, that Trumpy brought up 37 years ago because it, it still rings true to this day. You, you need to draft well. You need to be able to to uh, draft high, higher up to, to to really find the best players. And 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 and, and you know, so I just thought that was pretty interesting. And that brings me to my next topic. As I, I'll take a break to, to allow Brian to catch up when he's editing this. And my next topic has to do with with uh, this year's draft. And, and, and I, I want to ask you out there in, in the live chat and Facebook, uh, those of you who aren't insulting me, like, like Manny Silva, when did you start? When do when do you normally start getting ready for the draft? When do you, when do you normally start looking forward to it? Because I remember leading up to 1989 draft, it was probably Christmas time. And I was already writing down names like Eric Metcalf. I remember that name. Um, like it was yesterday. I really wanted them to get him. Uh, obviously guys like Barry Sanders. I was excited about neon Dion, Dion Sanders. I, I liked him a lot. Uh, Derek Thomas was an exceptional talent. So, I mean, these play, I already knew about these players uh, uh, months before the draft, you know? Um, and the funny thing is back then, you know, the only way I could, I could find this out was by going to the grocery store and going to the magazine rack and, 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 uh, and reading the magazine while my grandparents were shopping while, while my mom was shopping and they never bought me any of these magazines. I, I couldn't afford any. I didn't, I didn't have a job, you know, I was 15, 16 years old, so I didn't, I didn't work. Um, so I basically had to, had to wait 
and, and, and wait for specific times of the year to, to, to get my, you know, to, to gather my draft data. Whereas today I have access to it 24 hours a day, uh, 365 days a year. And I, I don't start paying attention to the draft. Honestly, I'm, I'm just being, you know, people always ask me about this player, or that player. I honestly don't start paying attention to mock drafts until mid to late March, because my opinion is it changes so much and you don't know, you really don't know about these guys. Uh, their, their, their draft stocks rise and fall so frequently by the time the draft even gets here, there's really no point in, in, in getting all worked up about it, in my opinion, in January or February, because you just don't know. When I mean, you look at draft history, like a Philip Rivers, for example, uh, heading into the 2004 draft, he wasn't expected to be a, even a top 10 pick. I think even weeks before that draft, he was maybe expected to go in, 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 in late in the first round. And next thing you know, he's the, he's the uh, what, the fourth guy taken off the board, right? You know, he made Ben's agent really angry. Uh, remember that where he, he threw the water when they were sitting at the table at the, uh, in the ballroom, wherever they were at, you know? So, I mean, the, 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 like, you know, when you got the combine and pro days, I mean, you know, and, and you, 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 you factor in free agency, what, what teams do then. And, and it just, it changes so much that I just don't feel the urgency to really, really devote much uh, mental energy in following the, mock drafts or anything like that until like a month or so before. So that's just me. And I'm interested to see how, like what you guys, uh, how you guys feel about that. Do you, do you uh, get into it? Like as soon as the Steelers season is over, do you start following mock drafts? Do you start getting into the draft? Do you start um, writing down who you think they're going to take? Cause I mean, you still have four, four months to go. That's a third of a, of a, of a calendar year. Uh, before the before the draft even gets here. So do you really do you invest time into it? Here's one from Ezra. True, draft stocks rise and fall, but Najee Harris can run the ball, run the rock. I, I thought you were gonna say run the ball. That would have rhymed. But run the rock. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've heard so much about him. And he's one of those players that who's I mean, he's a running back, so I doubt that his, his he's gonna be drafted in the top half of the first round. But He's one of those players that, that, that you just don't know. He, he, could, he could be in the middle of the first round. He could fall all the way to into the second round based on, on team needs and, and, and how the league values running backs now. And I think we, we can all agree that the, the running back, the value of that position has fallen off greatly since the 80s and 90s when you know, your, your top running backs, like a Barry Sanders, he was what, second? He was, I think he was drafted, no, he was drafted third or fourth in 1989. A player like him today, he might last late until late in the first round, even into the second. It's just how it is now. So, you know, a guy like that, um, if you're the Steelers, uh, what if there's a center on the board that uh, maybe you know is not going to be there in the second round at 24, but Harris, you know, is there as well. Who, who do you pick, right? What do you go with? What do you value more um, based on how how – drafts go now do you do you gamble that that harris will still be there at the end of the second round uh or or do you take him with the 24th pick and hope that you can find a a center in, in the second or third round i mean th- these are are uh always uh you know interesting things and, and 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 here we are as of today we're about two months away from the draft you know so i mean there's still a lot of time for for uh you know by, by the time the draft gets here, Harris might be a third round pick. I mean, honestly, I mean, seriously, you just never know. A couple of pro days, 
uh, gone wrong or one pro day gone wrong. I mean, there's not going to be a combine this year, at least not a traditional one. So, you know, uh, it's amazing how unstable these things can be. I mean, when you, when you, when you're talking about like the top 10 prospects, normally they're, they're pretty, they're, 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 they're pretty accurate, but anything beyond that, it's just, it's just such a, it's such a crapshoot. It's such a, a, a guessing game. And the further you're, are you out, for, you are from, from the draft, the, the harder it is to really, uh, like last year, it was so hard to figure out who Pittsburgh was going to take with the 49th pick. That was their first pick in the draft, the middle of the second round, late, uh, past the middle of the second round, really. And we just didn't know. And we speculated on it and, and we were pulling our hair out, uh, whatever little hair I have left. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out who they were going to get. And, and, you know, my attitude going into that draft was running back receiver, offensive lineman, outside linebacker. I was okay with it all inside linebacker because you just did not know who was going to be there. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, I, I just, I just think it's funny how my, how my, my, uh, draft, uh, passions have changed since I was a, a teenager. I used to just live for it and, and I could, and I didn't have the access that I do now. And now I have the access and it's just like, all right, let me know when March is, is almost over. It looks like I've missed a $5 super chat or maybe I haven't missed it yet, but I, I know we have one. I got to go find that sucker. And let's see where, who, who said it? X Eddie donates five bucks. And thank you for that. And he says, glad Claypool didn't go to the Ravens. How about all those playoff drops by Dobbins? Still want him Steelers fans. Well, I think, uh, you know, he's a good, he's a, he's a good talent, JK Dobbins. And you can't really, uh, you know, you can't, uh, um, you know, write him off after one bad game, but I think it, it, it's, it's a good, it's a good um, example of why you can't get too, you can't get too emotional about the draft because I remember distinctly uh, for whatever reason, you know, when I was watching the draft last year, I don't know what it is with Comcast, but I was like on like a, I swear to God, a five minute delay. And I knew Chase Claypool was going to be the pick five minutes before it was announced on ESPN because of Twitter. And I remember seeing distinctly one person going, no, like a, in all capital letters on Twitter. No. You know, and I'm like, is Michael Myers chasing you with a butcher knife? What's going on? Why, why be that dramatic about it? And now, you know, Chase Claypool, you know, he looks like he's going to be a, a first team all pro for the next five years. I mean, that's just how, how talented he, 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 he is right. You know, he looks to be, you know, moving forward. I mean, he had an exceptional rookie year. I thought he should have gotten more love than he did when it came to rookie of the year and even all pro honors and maybe not, maybe not first team all pro, but certainly second or third team. If they go that far down, he, he certainly deserved more recognition than he got. He, he was named to the, to the, uh, all rookie team, but I mean, gosh, he kind of went under the radar for his, for, 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 first of all, he came from Notre Dame, you know, so you, you would figure he, you know, he would have more national love, but, uh, whatever he's, he, I think he's going to be an exceptional talent. And, and he, again, he's a great example that, you know, don't be too, don't get too emotional about who they pick. Cause I remember people being upset about TJ. Watt. I mean, come on, TJ, Watt. you know, if he, if there was a redraft today, he'd be in the top five. So on that note at the uh, 23 minute mark, I am going to take a break. If you're watching live on, on YouTube or Facebook, I am not going anywhere. Uh, if you're listening on one of our audio platforms, please 
download part two. And that's when I'll get into the Ben Roethlisberger stuff. Uh, once again, you know, like, like all of us, everybody's talking about Big Ben. And it looks like he's coming back. And I will let you know how I feel about it. So please stay tuned.